After the Affair podcast with me, Luke Shillings, is here to help you process, decide, and move forward on purpose following infidelity. Together, we'll explore what's required to rebuild trust not only in yourself, but also with others. Whether you stay or leave, I can help. And no matter what your story, there will be something here for you. Let's go. And welcome to episode number two of the After the Affair podcast with myself, Luke Shillings. Today, I'd like to talk about letting go, specifically letting go of the outcome. This will be useful for both the betrayed and the unfaithful partners. So what is letting go? Well, a loose definition I found might be considered the process of freeing up yourself from obsessive thoughts and unhappy feelings. I openly admit that it's a very difficult thing to do. But why is it so hard? Well, over time, things become part of you in some sense. They become part of your identity. You've been telling yourself the same stories for years and years. Letting go can resemble, I suppose, the losing a part of who you thought you were, who you are. It can be far less about the specific thing you're trying to let go of and far more about becoming the kind of person who can let go of things. You see, as humans, we're unique. We have the ability to make decisions cognitively using our prefrontal cortex in a way other species and other mammals just aren't able to do, at least not to the same level. We make decisions all the time about all kinds of things and with every decision that is made, We're doing it in the hope that the future will be better as a result of that decision. Otherwise, what's the point? You might as well just let things play out, and maybe that's an approach that you could apply, but I'm not sure it would be very sustainable. So technically, with every decision that we make, it's an odds game. It's like we're gambling, and we're just trying to choose the best decision based on the odds available, on the likelihood that something may turn out a certain way. The thing is, even the best odds don't guarantee the result. Let's see, if the odds are, say, 99 out of 100, but you're the one person who happens to be in that remaining 1%, then the odds are completely irrelevant. They just don't matter anymore. And the decisions we make every day in our life suffer the same fate, because we have no absolutely no certainty about the outcome of any decision that we make. Of course, we give it a good go. We look at the past and the decisions that we've made in the past and see if there's, you know, evidence to support the likelihood of the same result happening again next time. And that will work sometimes, but it's unlikely that we're able to do it consistently and reliably. I think, however, it's worth remembering this one key thing. Not letting go is a choice as well. You're choosing not to let go. And if that's a choice, then you also have the option to choose to let go. So let's look at why you might want to let go. When we look back at the definition, the process of freeing yourself from obsessive thoughts and unhappy feelings, then it becomes clear. If your partner has been unfaithful, then obsessing over all the details of that situation, all the what-ifs, All the, could I have done it differently? How could I have seen it sooner? 
Is there anything I can do now to try and influence my partner's future behaviour? What can I do to stop this happening again in the future? How do I protect myself? Your mind will go round and round in circles looking for all of these things, trying to solve all these problems, and before you know it, you're in this obsessive cycle which is so difficult to escape. Asking these questions and having these thoughts create, well, they create a chain of negative feelings, a chain of negative emotions. They just keep coming and coming and coming. They just don't stop. You can't escape them. You can't turn them off. They're there all the time. And the worst thing about this is the only only person feeling this way is you. It doesn't matter how angry or upset or bitter or resentful you feel towards your partner or the affair partner for that matter. The only person experiencing it is you. I doubt you need me to remind you that you didn't ask for this to happen. So why would you choose to put yourself through even more unnecessary pain? Of course, letting go isn't just a case of deciding in the moment. And it's not realistic to consider that you can just do it at the flick of a switch. It's just not that simple. When I have conversations with people, there are some common misconceptions about letting go. So I think it's worth considering what letting go isn't. Letting go is not condoning. It's not approving. It's not letting them off the hook in any way, shape or form. But it's also not an excuse for you to just retain a connection. Like it's the only thing you have left and it's just too hard to let go of. And it's also not an excuse to move on to pastures new and leave the past behind. And what I mean by that is by just putting this situation in a store cupboard and then, you know, shutting the door, locking it, throwing away the key, hoping that it will just never escape. But it's all too common to see the issues we experience in one relationship almost certainly rear their heads in future ones. This is particularly so if you remain in the same relationship, one where the triggers and things that remind you of the past are much more likely to happen. Letting go is also not forgetting. Everything still happened, the past is still there, but we're just not going to let it run the show anymore. So how can you begin to make a change? How can you start that journey of letting go? Letting go of the outcome letting go of that control. I know how strong the feelings are of wanting to control what happens next, especially given how little control you feel you've had up until this point. You didn't choose this. You didn't choose to be here. And yet you are here. Okay, if you'll allow me, I'd like to offer some insight into the things that you can pay attention to in your process of letting go. Pay attention to your self-talk. I hear people say all the time things like, I don't know how to get through this alone. And I would just offer that uh, you could start thinking something along the lines of, I'm learning how to heal myself and I'm seeking the support I need as required. Create distance. You know, if you're constantly close to the person or the situation, then you're going to be constantly reminded And this significantly decreases the opportunity to recover and recharge. Taking conscious breaks to distance yourself is absolutely essential. Think of a 100 metre sprinter. When they run the 100 metres, they are at maximum effort. 
but they can't sustain that speed for the next 100 metres and the 100 metres after that and so on and so on. They have to stop. They have to take the break. They have to recharge, refuel and recover. Working through the healing process after infidelity takes a lot of energy. It's on your mind all the time and although you might not be moving physically, the energy required to keep your brain active like that all the time is high. It's demanding. Healing does consume energy, so rest and recovery are required. So if you have the option, go out for a walk, listen to some music, go and have a lay down. Separate yourself, particularly from any heated situations. Anything that creates a definitive reminder, there and then in the moment, just give yourself some space. You're going to need to work on yourself. This may sound obvious, but nobody gets through this and comes out the other side unless they actively choose to work towards healing themselves. I know that just by you being here and listening to me speak today means that you are already on that journey, because that's what you want to do. You want to heal. You want to actively do something to solve this problem. Focus on the present. You know, it's okay to be in pain. It might not feel like much fun, but it is normal and it's exactly what you should expect. Being present is really powerful. Remember, the past cannot be changed and it often harbours a lot of pain. The future, on the other hand, is unknown and unhealthy habits of anticipation and expectation are just likely to increase anxiety. Being present is all we ever actually experience. I mean, literally, it's what's happening right now. As I'm talking, as every second passes, that's the only thing we ever actually experience. Because once it's in the past, well, it's in the past, and it can't be changed or edited or modified or anything. And anything in the future, well, that's just not happened yet. So all we're actually doing is trying to make predictions. And of course, we don't always do such a great job of that. So just to pay attention to it. Okay, be gentle with yourself. It might sound a little bit strange, but what I mean is don't expect too much from yourself too soon. I like to think about how I would treat and want to care for a loved one had they experienced the same thing. Just treat yourself the same way. Treat yourself as though you are somebody that you really care about. And trust me, if you look after yourself, then the people around you benefit automatically. Okay, this next one's a big one. Allowing negative emotions. This is a skill. It's something that can take time and practice to learn, but it can be learned. The way that many of us have lived through our lives, when we experience a negative emotion, we tend to want to run away from it. We tend to want to avoid it. We want to resist it. We want to push it back. We don't want to face it. Sometimes, and particularly in examples where you've been betrayed, like an infidelity, then you want to react. You want to shout and hit and throw. And I don't mean hitting your partner, but, you know, in terms of just lashing out, you punch the door in frustration, you slam the car door, you then wheel spin off the road as you, you know, leave after an argument. Everything's just over-exaggerated and ultimately unnecessary. It's just a release. Because all you're actually trying to do is avoid feeling that negative emotion. So the real power is just allowing those emotions, allowing them to happen and not to react to them, because you don't actually have to do anything with them at all. You can just 
pay attention. You can feel it bubble up. You know, your partner might say something that triggers you in some way. But instead of shouting or reacting or storming off, you just sit with it. You just allow it. You don't actually have to respond. You can just sit and just feel, feel that frustration, take a breath and allow it before you choose to act from that point. Now, I know there's going to be people listening to me now shouting at me saying, yeah, but Luke, you don't get it. You you don't know what it's like. And you're right. I don't know everybody's situation. And I also can't always say that this can just be done just like that. It can't. But if you start this process, even just the small things, then over time, the ability to handle the bigger things, well, you just get better at them. And this isn't just about infidelity. This isn't just about letting go of this situation, that letting go of this, whatever it is that you desire, whatever outcome it is that you desire. This is going to improve things in all areas of your life. So just pay attention to those negative emotions because I tell you, they they are telling you way more than you might realise. Don't wait for an apology because it might not come. And being dependent on an apology from your partner, well, it's just going to keep you trapped. You're at their beck and call. You're like a puppet on a string. You're allowing everything that you are currently feeling to be firmly in the hands of your partner. So just don't give them that power. Self-care. You know, do some things that you enjoy. Distract yourself. This may seem difficult at the moment, but even if it's tough, that's okay. Do you have a hobby? Play an instrument? Go on a hike? Learn a new skill? Cook? Do whatever it takes, but just give yourself that self-care. Continue to grow in other areas. Even if you feel completely stumped and stuck in this particular one, it doesn't mean that progression can't still help. And the more that you train your brain to do that, the better it will get at doing it and the better that it'll be able to help you make the decisions that you need to make to move forward in your current situation. Protect yourself and set boundaries. What is it that you're comfortable talking about? What are the things that you're comfortable discussing? And how much time do you want to talk about those things? Put some things in place to protect yourself, particularly if you're reacting and you you know that you're finding it hard and difficult to withdraw. So maybe you could set a boundary. Let's say a conversation between you and your partner turns into a heated argument. You could say, I'm just going to remove myself from the room. You can keep shouting. You can keep doing all the things that you're doing, screaming, anything you want. But I'm just going to remove myself from the room until you've calmed down and then we can continue. You don't even have to voice it. You can just have that boundary there for yourself. Just look after yourself first because everything else will follow. Try not to be alone, especially all the time. Spend some time with friends and family and although I know you might want to retreat, and this is something that I definitely did after my discovery, whereby I didn't want to discuss it with anybody or I wasn't sure who to discuss it with. Actually, I think that was probably more the point. I left it a little while before I did, but once I did, 
it made all the difference and I was able to start exploring my thoughts and as to why I couldn't do that on my own. And if you find somebody who's good at listening, and that's all they need to be good at, because this isn't advice, it's not about getting the best solution, it's just about being able to explore your own thoughts and understand why you are where you are and just vent and get it all out. Just don't do life alone. So the next one, know that forgiveness is an option. Now, there's no pressure to do this right now, and I know it might be quite difficult to hear. I'll do an episode on forgiveness in the future just to explore that a little bit more. So just keep an eye out for that. And finally, if you're really wanting to heal from this, either individually or as a couple, then seek professional help. Seek a therapist, a counsellor or a coach like myself. Friends are great, but they don't have the training and there's a temptation to want to give you advice. And because they care about you, they love you, they react like you do. And that can just sometimes compound the situation. So there's plenty of space for friends. And of course, I really do encourage that you are communicating and doing things with people, being social. But if you are to effectively move forward, I do suggest that you seek professional help. So that's all I have for you today. And thank you ever so much for listening. If you'd like to find out more, a little bit more about me perhaps, or what working with me might look like, then please visit lifecoachluke.com. That's lifecoachluke, all one word, dot com. You can also follow me on social media, uh, on Facebook or Instagram, under at mylifecoachluke. If you know of anybody who could benefit from listening to this podcast, then please share it. Um, my, my goal is to really try and help as many people who have been through infidelity as possible. And I, there's only so much that I can do alone. If you've enjoyed listening to, the, to this podcast, then please leave a review. Let people know. And I can't wait to talk to you again next time. So thanks ever so much and bye for now.